Coney Convos, the podcast, episode four. Talking with Jake Mangum and Antoine Duplantis. It's just cool just to have, you know, everybody behind you. You know, you move on to pro ball and you see so many people over social media, text and everything, um, you know, wishing you the best and uh, congratulating you and whatnot. And, uh, you know, you're going to have their support, you know, for the rest of your life. On this episode, us here in Brooklyn find out a little bit about what it's like in the SEC. We're up here in the Northeast, but life in the South is a little bit different. SEC, arguably the best college baseball conference in the country, and we had a conversation with both guys about that. Jake is the mayor of Starkville, has the most hits in SEC history, and Antoine Duplantis is right behind him. Mangum out of Mississippi State, and Duplantis from LSU. Good friends and now teammates here with the Brooklyn Cyclones. We chat with those guys about what it is like to live in the SEC, what it's like to bounce around the conference, and what it means to be from the South. And later in the podcast, we'll talk with two umpires trying to make their way to the big leagues, starting out here in the New York Penn League. J.T. Shaw and Reynero Valero, both guys that are meeting together for the first time this year. They live together, they cook together, they work together, they drive together. They do everything together, including call balls and strikes and call guys out and safe and do a whole lot more. Talk to them about their journey to the bigs. But first, our chat with Antoine and Jake. We're up here in Brooklyn, and we are finding out all about the SEC, and we're going to find out a little bit more today. We're going to ask some questions about the Southeastern Conference, apparently the best baseball conference in the country. So I'm going to talk to Jake about LSU, what it was like to play there, and Antoine, what it was like as a Tiger to go to Mississippi State. So Jake, what was it like to play in Antoine's home digs? Well, I actually got the unique experience of it because we got to play in a Super Regional there. Antoine never got to experience a Super Regional in Starkville, but... You know, um, I took three trips to Baton Rouge to play baseball series, and uh, every time the, the people were amazing, you know. Uh, it, it was a great trip. Uh, I have a lot of good friends that have played baseball uh, at LSU, and it's, it's just always a good time. Antoine, what do you remember about Mississippi State? What was it like to play there? Um, yeah, just like he said, you know, I wish I wish, and I don't wish that I, I'd have got to play maybe a postseason game at a – at Mississippi State, but at the same time, you obviously you obviously want to be at home for a super regional and a regional. So um, I was fortunate for that. But uh, I just I thought it was one of the coolest and most unique places in college baseball. I I, I got to play both in the old Doobie Noble and the new one when it came this year. And although it became nicer this year, it was still the same exact type of atmosphere with the you know the barbecuing and kind of the partying out and uh, the outfield and just kind of, it was the most unique unique college atmosphere I've been a part of and also I think is is cool just to hear from you know family and friends that sit in the stands that you know they go to some SEC or other SEC schools and uh, watch us play and they say how the fans are so rude and, and whatnot but they, they don't say that about Mississippi State they say all the guys there are nice and um, you know supportive obviously they're rooting on their team but at the same time they're supportive of you and everybody else so so really friendly stuff we're hearing about Mississippi State, but I'm sure when you went on the road in the SEC, there were some tough places to play. What do you remember about some of the tougher schools or the toughest school that you got to go to? Well, you know, in the SEC, we're known for the big crowds. You know, anytime you go on the road in the SEC, it's it's just it's a tough series to win. I don't care who you're playing or where you're playing in the SEC. A road series in the SEC is extremely hard to win. And uh, it, it only makes it harder if you have, you know, north of 10,000 there. You know, uh, our, our cross-state rival, Ole Miss, they get great crowds at their place. LSU gets great crowds. Arkansas gets great crowds. Alabama, Kentucky, they just built just state-of-the-art facilities. I mean, it, the SEC facilities and fan bases, are, are they're, they're second to none. And, uh, and the talent there speaks for itself with all the, 
with all the uh, pro baseball players that come out of the SEC and, and, all, and all the talent, it, it, it speaks for itself. Was there a, a place, like he's saying, maybe a tough place to win a road series? If you had to win one road series in the SEC, what's the last place you'd want to play that series? Um, you know, I don't want to give a team, you know, that, that confidence that, uh, you know. That <laughs> Still competing even though they have both <laughs> left the conference. I love I, I it. Can never, yeah, I can never give somebody that. But, uh, you know, I thought Mississippi State, obviously, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and A&M were probably the top. The top four for me, uh, toughest places to play. And for some reason, every time I went to Arkansas, it was cold. Doesn't matter if it was it was the end of the year. I remember we went there. I think we had two or three weekends left in the SEC, and it was cold somehow. It was like May or almost May, and it was cold. Or yeah, we graduated, so it was the beginning of May, and um, you know it was cold outside. So I don't I don't know what it is about that place. I don't think it's that north, but I guess I guess it is because it's always cold there. But other than that, though, they get they get a ton of fans. They kind of have that cool left field thing out there and um you know everybody's really passionate over there and I think their their media and their their like speaker system and all that they do a really good job of you know having cool videos and you know a lot of loud music so that's a cool atmosphere and you know those other teams I name as well have some pretty cool atmospheres it's kind of tough as well when you play a series you don't have much free time but what do you remember about some of the best venues or the places to fly in hey this is a great town oh gosh you know uh you know, I, I was so familiar with Oxford, Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, because, uh, you, know, you know, we were good friends with everybody on those teams. So whenever the off season would roll around, we'd go to catch football games and stuff like that. And so I mean, there, there's so many places. Um, and it, I, I mean, everywhere you went, there was good food. You know, it's the South. So, I mean, it, we're, we're known for its food, too. So, but now, now I'll tell you what, though, Starville's got some good food. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say. No matter what, anywhere you went in Starville, you were going to get some good food somewhere, and uh, it, it, I loved that part of it. What about LSU, Baton Rouge? Where, where would you go after the game at home to get maybe a good post-game meal that you always knew was going to be, as we would say up here, A1? <laughs> uh, well, it's tough after games because a lot of places uh, are closed and stuff, but uh, there's, a, there's a diner, Louis, that I, that I liked a lot. Um, you know, you can get breakfast at any, any point of the day, 24 hours, but, um, or burgers or whatever. And, um, you know, other than that, for more, more lunch spots I'd go to, like uh, AM Mart is a little, it's kind of a little grocery store that kind of has like a deli shop, and it uh, makes some really good sandwiches. And, um, you know, other than that, it, it was tough after games to get, to get some food, but obviously walk-ons is a good choice as well, and chimes. Those are all kind of Baton Rouge staples. <laughs> Got any staples you want to give some shout-outs to from, from Starkville? I, now, he is the mayor of Starkville, so in the most diplomatic and political way he's not going to be throwing anybody under the bus by not mentioning them so i won't put the biggest pressure on you by saying what is the best place to go in starkville but what were some of your favorites man that see that question right there is going to get me in trouble now but you know it like i said there's so many places it depends what you're looking for you know if if, if you're looking for that nice little outdoor you know seating arrangements we got the the ben 612 was one of my favorite spots I'd, I'd go there all the time with my friends you know go sit outside good weather uh moe's original barbecue great spot two brothers great smoked meats taco tuesdays you can't beat it um See, this is where I get in trouble right here. You know, uh, we got a new Italian place, Gondolier, that was really good. Uh, Stromboli's, man. Stromboli's is the, it's, it's the best pizza I've ever had. Day's Dark, Tor- Dark Horse Tavern, great pizza. Uh, man, <laughs> I'm 
Going through the phone book here. <laughs> You're getting me in trouble with this question. Uh, man, Restaurant Tyler, best blue plates. You know, it, it, I, I could go on and on. Uh, but goodness, man, that, 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 that question is getting me in trouble. <laughs> Mouthwatering, though. I mean, these guys are both foodies. They have, I, I can tell you, they've hit some good spots already being up here in Brooklyn. Last question for you. We, we talk about the SEC. We talk about the South. But what is being from the South and being from that culture, what does it mean to you? Um, it's awesome. You know, it's it's different down there than, than up here for sure. And uh, and I think anywhere else in the world, I think it's different as well. But just in the South, I feel like everybody's family. You know, at LSU, it just it's one big community, one big family. Um, no matter where you are from around the country, if you're if you're associated with LSU, you know, in any way, then you know you you consider yourself family. So um, it's just cool just to have. You know, everybody behind you, you know, you move on to Pro Bowl and you see so many people over social media, texts and everything, um, you know, wishing you the best and uh, congratulating you and whatnot. And, uh, you know, you're going to have their support, you know, for the rest of your life. And I'm sure you had to feel a little bit of that Southern love as well. It, it'll never leave you, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it, since I've started Pro Bowl, you know, everyone's always going to be like, man, you're going to miss it. But And they're right. It, you miss it every day. And it hasn't even been that long. But the thing that... I miss the most is that family aspect, man. It, it, it was, it, it's just, it's insane. Like, like you asked what my favorite places to eat were. I, I, I left off so many, like Commodore Bob's best brunch. You know, it, it's, it's <laughs> still, it's, still going. I love it, it. it. It's, it's stuff like that, man. It's just like everywhere you go, like you walk in and everyone's so friendly and, and it, it really is that family aspect. And as a baseball part of it, you know, I, I miss that brotherhood in the locker room that I have for four years with guys. You know, I'm, I'm still getting to know these guys in the Brooklyn locker room. It, it's, it's tough to just pick up on a relationship when you just meet somebody. But, and, and, and that's what it is, you know. It, it's, it's that southern hospitality. Starville, Mississippi is home to me. And, you know, I, I grew up two hour, 45 minutes away in Pearl, Mississippi. But, you know, just an hour and a half down the road is Starville. And, I, man, I love that place. You know, it, it's home. Well, well, we'll borrow you up here in Brooklyn for a little while. They're SEC born and bred. Jake Mangum, Antoine Duplantis. Brooklyn Cyclones for the summer as they continue their trek in the New York Mets organization, but as they will always be, SEC born and bred. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mangum and Duplantis, two boys from the SEC. Coming up now, we talk with the umpires. I'm Rainiero Valero. I'm from Venezuela, and I'm 30 years old. JT Shaw from Georgia. 27 years old. All right. Our umpires here in the New York Penn League. JT, I'll start with you. You're a little bit younger from the States. How did you get into this? Uh, well, I played baseball my whole life, and I figured this is a good way to stay around the game. Really the closest way. I'm still on the field, mm-hmm. just not playing. But umpiring, but umpiring, different side of it. Different side. Of How, come? How come? How uh, come? Well, I, I tried coaching. It was okay. I figured I could do that later on mm-hmm. when I'm done umpiring. Okay. And um, as far as the umpiring, I just like it. Like it gives me a, a rush out there. I like the energy. And Renero, how did you get started doing this? I started in Venezuelan umpire camp. It's a Venezuelan umpire systems. Uh, I work winner ball uh, from three years ago. I started in winner ball 2016. Mm-hmm. I went to the Dominican Summer League three years in a row and I went to the school this year in America and I'm really excited for being here bro uh, it's great it's great so you've seen a lot so far 
in winter ball especially, you see older guys in winter ball than you do in the Dominican Summer League, right? Yes, yes, sir. Uh, Dominican Summer League is like rookie ball. And mm-hmm. uh, winter ball, you can see major league guys, uh, Americans, you know, a lot of people with a lot of experience. And JT, as far as your experience level goes, where did you start and how did you get here? Oh, uh, well. I was told about a MLB umpire camp, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a scholarship to go to school my first time, but I didn't get in the first time. I had to go back a second year, and when I got in my second year, well, let me go back. Mm-hmm. After my first year, I went to the Northwoods League, and that's the college league to get more experience, and so that really helped me out, and then I went back my second year. I was ready to go, and I got in this uh, 2018, I got in, mm-hmm. and um, I started out in rookie ball in Arizona. So when you first get your your assignment mm-hmm. what is the plan are you there and you try to move up once a year um it's good to move it's good to move up yeah once a year yes okay. mm-hmm. and as far as your relationship that you guys have mm-hmm. you're together you're probably driving everywhere what's that like to go from town to town <laughs> it's our first time uh in it's my first time in america but it's my first it's our first time in in european league church season we have like Three weeks, three weeks, and I think we have a good relationship because a good guy, uh, good people. It's what we need because I'm I'm international. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to work in another country. Is you know, it's good to to have. So how do you get around? What what you sharing one car, two cars? The, what's the hotel room like? Yeah, we uh, we share one car and. And uh, we try to do everything together, like go to the gym, we go grocery shopping together, everything. We do everything together because it shows on the field if you're not on the same page, mm-hmm. off the field. You know what I mean? So we try to just click, try to figure out each other. English, tell me when you when you learn it because you, you speak very well. Uh, I learned, and like I, like I said, we have a Venezuelan umpire system, it's Venezuelan umpire camp. We had our teachers, uh, you know, during the, the season, during the summer league in Dominican Republic. Uh, and we've been learning. How how hard has it been to communicate with a lot, especially here in this league, these English-speaking coaches? English is a very tough language. There's a lot of slang that you have to find out. How hard has it been to, to learn all that? It's hard. It's hard because uh, the baseball has his own language. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's hard. The language on the field is really different off the field. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. We need to we need to improve every day. JT, how do you help him when maybe after the game, a couple of things on the English side? Have you had to had to do that yet? Uh, yes. Like sometimes if he says something, mm-hmm. if he does if he says something, I understand. I say what, and yeah. then I'll just you know say it again. And he'll pick up on the word that he missed, and he'll say it. I'm like, okay, there you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, did you go to college? I'm, my, I'm trying to drive at the whole roommate situation. Now you have a, a new best friend, whether you like it or not. Here, yeah, yeah. traveling around, living together. So, how used to that are you? Uh, this is new to me. It's, okay. it's new. I did go to college, but uh, you know, just having someone in your face every day, 24/7, you just got to make it work. Yeah. That's it. Have you had any any bickering matches yet? Uh, no, not really, nah. <laughs> nothing, nothing serious. 
Yeah. Uh, get along? Yeah, we get along just fine. We get along. Yeah. So in the middle of the game, when tensions get high, how do you guys stay calm? One of the biggest questions fans have is, there's a in baseball especially, as a manager, as close as possible, sometimes getting in your face. How do you, Rainiero, deal with that? We have training. Mm-hmm. We have training about the uh, focus. Focus. Uh, I said, I told to my partner a couple of days ago that I really like when people yell, scream, screaming. You know, said yelling. People yelling. Yeah. It's good for me. It's good for me. I getting the focus on that moment. It's good because in Venezuela we have a lot of people yelling whole game, <laughs> uh, bad words, mm-hmm. whole game, and you know you need to you need to stay focused. So you're used to that with what your experience in Venezuela. You've been berated or yelled at, like mm-hmm. we would say here. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know you need to focus. Just one word. Just one word. Uh, focus, 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 focus. <laughs> JT, focus. Anything else you want to add to that? As far as when you're really getting into it with somebody? No, like you said, it just it really gets my blood going. It makes me it makes me want to lock in even more. Okay. You know, uh, like you said, focus is just I don't know. It just makes me really zone in. Like I know, like if I know I got the call right. And they're yelling. It's just like, okay, I mean, you can yell all you want. I'm going to keep my cool. As far as the training goes, how do you not take it personally? The coach is yelling at the umpire. He's not yelling at JT. He's not yelling at Ray Nero. How do you make that distinction? (sighs) Is there anything in the training that they taught you about that? Every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. They told told us, uh, hey, you need to be focused. They every time gonna yell at you. You know, you need focus every every time. Every time we have, we know what we have to do. Just mm-hmm. stay focused and do it. Mm-hmm. Every time thinking something gonna happen. Something gonna happen. Something gonna happen. Would you like to add to that as far as personally for you, JT? How you separate this guy's yelling at the umpire, or he's upset with the umpire and not upset with JT? Uh, I just think like you know you have to stay professional out there. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, you got to keep you got to keep your head. You got to keep level a uh, level head out there. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, you can't dwell on something like a past call because something else is going to happen. Right. So you just have to stay locked in, no matter what they say. You know, you really can't tune it out. I mean, <laughs> right. But in one ear, out the other, you know, just keep going. Next call. I know families watching, I, I say that because we have our, at here we have Facebook Live, and so we see, and sometimes moms or dads of umpires will comment. Cause, so we know they're watching. So who's watching you, JT, or, or calling you after the game to see how you're doing? Um, I have a younger brother that plays baseball, and uh, uh, I gave him my information to watch the game and everything. So... Whenever he can, he tunes in and he'll call and ask, oh, what happened here? Or what was he saying to you on this play? Or I don't know if you got that call right. <laughs> you know, just giving me a hard time and everything. But he's probably the only one that really watches me. Yeah. 
Rainero, who's watching and who's who's wondering who are you checking in with after the games? Uh, here, just my partners. Uh, we are 11 Venezuelan umpires and the minor league baseball system and two minor league guys. Uh, but let, let's talk about back home because we have TV every game and they are really fans of of that teams uh of those team those teams uh same mm-hmm. they ask hey what do he tell you what do he tell you hey you you eject him you eject that guy he's he's you know ex major league guy how do you do that <laughs> you know it's a couple of things like that i would like i'm glad you brought that up your first ejection what was that like? Oh. The first time it happened to you? Where were you? What league were you working? Okay, um, I was in uh, rookie ball, actually. Okay. Yeah. Last year. Last year. Yeah, it was last year. You don't have to say who it was, yeah, but yeah, what I'm was like, the situation? Uh, it was just, um, you know, strike three. I rung him up, and he didn't like it. And, you know, mumbled a few words, and I had to, you know, eject him. But what's going through your head? You've never done this before. You're about to send a guy out of the game. I just remember my training, and he said the magic words, and <laughs> that was it. That was it. Are there magic words for everybody, or does each person have their own kind of magic words? It's it's really the same for everyone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Renero, your first ejection. A long time ago, long time ago, when I was in the volume and lead of the winner league ball. My first ejection was a guy who yelled at me bad words in Spanish. I can't say okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> Strike three. He, you know, yelled. At, that was a really beep. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Eject. Boom. Gone. Boom. Dreams. Aspirations. You guys know it's it's not easy. Players, coaches, broadcasters, whomever, trying to get to the major leagues. But, I mean, what, what is the dream, JT? Call a game in the MLB to work full-time mm-hmm. would be amazing. Yep. That's the dream, to actually make it all the way. And do you watch any specific big league umpires that you like or you try to study? Uh, I, mean, I mean, all those guys are good. Yeah. I mean, they're there for a reason. <laughs> so I watch all of them. Take a little bit here and there, wherever I can, or I see something like, okay, I like that, you know. But yeah, I watch every every single last one of them. Yeah. And what what would it mean for you to get to the major leagues? Uh, I need to improve my language, and it improve my physical condition, and it improve every every day my knowledge of the rules of the manual. Be good, be good person. Uh, it's, it's the same dream. Our dream is get Major League Baseball, get a full time, and our our parents proud of us. The next road trip that you're on after this one, who drives? Who picks the music? I drive most. Of the, <laughs> I drive most of the time. Okay. Yeah, because you know I know these. I know the roads better. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm more comfortable and everything. So we decide whoever drives plays the music okay so that means a lot of southern music or american music what is it like for you <laughs> i like i like waco is uh my favorite band back home uh it's a super band in venezuela 
but I can put that because my partner <laughs> don't speak. Yeah, he's driving. He don't speak Spanish, <laughs> not at all. Just couple of words, and it's good to me. Her, uh, it's good to her. Uh, songs in English. Okay. You have a response to that, JT? Um, but and then we also decided um, whoever has the plate that day. They can play the room. They can play the music in the locker room. Okay. So you know he has to play today. So you know he's gonna hook up his speaker and play whatever music he wants to play. And you get this guy some good Venezuelan food wherever you can find some. Hard to find it up here though. No, no, no. Now, I, I think so. Go ahead, JT. So um, we have like a, a crock pot that we cook out of. You okay. know, try to save money. So when my man cooks. You know, he, he hooked up a couple of Venezuelan meals for me. What's he making? Uh, he, I really don't eat a lot of black beans like that. And, you know, because <laughs> that's a lot of black beans. Yeah, and then, then he made some. Uh, I, he made some noodles with tuna. I've never had that before with like the the ragu sauce or whatever it is. It's a good little mix. I like it. It's first time trying it. Pasta sauce. Yeah, right. it was good. Pasta sauce. We do that a lot in Venezuela. Uh, for a couple of reasons, I can can say why. Uh, you guys know the situation in Venezuela, but it's good food. It's good stuff. JT <laughs> is smiling. He agrees. <laughs> guys, good luck. Thank you so much for doing this, Reynero. Good luck to you. Thank you. And JT, thank you. All right, thanks. Poetically, four voices on episode four of the Coney Convos podcast. My name is Keith Rand. Hope you enjoyed Mangum, Duplantis, Bolero, and Shaw. Four guys that are on complete opposite sides of the ball. But all trying to get their pro careers off on the right foot. <laughs>